0: Earlier this week, I started a two-part series on what it means to be an abolitionist in the modern context. What does that really mean practically, experientially? How do we become abolitionists? What do our actions look like? Today, I want to conclude that series and talk a little bit more and be super practical about how all of us can join this modern-day abolitionist movement. So I'll conclude that series, and I also have a very important update on the impeachment of Donald Trump. This is Sean King and you are listening to the, the The Breakdown. The, 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 breakdown. The, 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 the breakdown. It's a lot to call yourself an abolitionist, right? It's it's no small thing. Like, even I think to call yourself a freedom fighter. I I think today even the words activist and organizer are thrown around very lightly for people who aren't necessarily that active or very organized. <laughs> uh, a lot of words are thrown out there, and I think the word abolitionist, in particular, is so serious and has such historical grounding and roots that none of us myself included should be quick to call ourselves an abolitionist if we don't quite know what that means and today i want to continue a second part of a series on what it means to be an abolitionist first let me start there it's it's based on your actions it's based on your world view. It's, it's based on how you see the world and what you do about the world you acknowledge exist. Are you understanding me? That before you can ever really act to be an abolitionist, you have to have a world view that there are systems and structures that need to be abolished. And it took me a while to to get to that point in my life. Not that I was questioning the systems and structures so much as I just didn't understand how vital it is to have a worldview that is the foundation of the actions that you go and do. A lot of times in... Contemporary society, in particular, I think we mimic and parrot. I don't. E- I don't even mean this as a diss. I think it's just an observation. And I have done this before that we mimic what we see going on around us. Be it we we mimic the tweets of people we admire, or the Instagram post, the Facebook post of people we admire. We we march and protest and demonstrate because we saw people from previous generations do that very thing, and so we mimic those actions. But if we're writing the post, if we're marching and protesting and demonstrating, but don't have the fundamental worldview that there are racist, white supremacist, unjust systems that run this country and run the world, if we don't understand... Their their fuel, their passion for greed, for wealth, that that they are fundamentally fueled by uh, capitalism at its at its utter worst. That if we don't accept the the nature of the systems that we live in and sometimes unknowingly and unwittingly participate in, if we don't fundamentally agree that there are unjust, corrupt, racist, bigoted, greedy systems that run this country, run this culture, we don't accept that, then whatever action you do, and I'm sorry if this steps on your toes. Whatever actions you're doing, I don't know that they are abolitionist actions. We could we could come at it from another angle and say, yes, you can take abolitionist actions, but not be an abolitionist. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it it'd be like the argument to say that you told a lie, but you're not a liar. I guess that is to say that you don't lie in principle like you don't lie as a habit as a lifestyle but every now and then you tell you tell a few and and so maybe maybe there's a way for us to have abolitionist actions abolitionist action steps if you will without you calling yourself an abolitionist but being an abolitionist is about seeing the unjust systems of the world and knowing that they fundamentally need to be torn down. And then being an abolitionist means having that worldview that the systems and structures of the world are cruel and unjust, fueled by all manner of discrimination and should be torn down. And then you act on that worldview. Now, I fundamentally hope that I fit that definition. And I think for those of you who are listening, let me say it's aspirational for all of us. It's not a one-time thing. Being an abolitionist is not just how you see the world. Because I, I see a lot of people who do call themselves abolitionists, but they're mainly, they are philosophers of of a certain worldview, but not practitioners of that worldview. So it's not enough to be an abolitionist philosopher that you advocate the philosophy but never take the actions. At the core, at the root of being an abolitionist is acting on it. Who are you setting free? What are you abolishing? And listen, I'm not saying that inside of an abolitionist movement, we don't have philosophers, we don't have thinkers, we don't have think tanks, uh, we don't have writers and journalists. Of course, of course, we need all of that. But all of us should have actions that tilt toward justice and results. And for many of us, you know, it may be the case that your, your primary contribution may be some form of philosophy or or writing or journalism, but we need to see at least secondarily you fighting for freedom, for justice in a way that gets to the root of the unjust systems we aim to abolish. Are you with me? Are you following me? What does it mean to be an abolitionist? How do you live it? And I've, I've mentioned this just once before. I think there's one fundamental disagreement that I have with people that are abolitionists. Many abolitionists operate under an an all or nothing philosophy that either we commit to tearing it all down in one fell swoop or anything else is, is selling out. And, again, I, I have to fundamentally disagree with that. As you've heard me say on this podcast many times, if the unjust system in part that we're talking about, if part of that unjust system is, is the system of mass incarceration or the systems of mass incarceration, you've heard me say that there's not a system, but there are 30,000 microsystems. And all 30,000 of them cannot be torn down all at the same time. It's literally impossible. And in fact, even the microsystems have to be torn down policy by policy, law by law, one at a time. And so I understand the desire to tear it all down in one fell swoop. But that's just not how it works. It's just not realistic. And and it it reveals uh, a fundamental misunderstanding of what this system is. It's not one system. It's 30,000 microsystems with millions of laws and implications that have to be addressed. And as much as I would love to see it all torn down at once in one fell swoop, that's just not how this system is ever going to be torn down. And so, no. You're not selling out, if you do it, one policy, one person, one system, one structure at a time, not at all. But in indeed, quite the contrary, if you are fighting to tear down the system policy by policy, and you do so because your worldview is that this system is fundamentally unjust, you're an abolitionist. And so that's what I want you to be, all of you who are listening to this podcast, who, who really are a part of the breakdown family. I want each of you to become abolitionists. I want you to adopt the worldview that these systems and structures are unjust at their root in their origin, that the, these systems really are just direct descendants of slavery, which we all know was horrible and nothing but unjust. And so these systems built on top of those structures are also deeply corrupt and unjust, and should be torn down and replaced with something much better, and in some cases replaced with nothing at all. And so, I want you to have that worldview, and I want you to continue, as many as you, as many of you have already done, I want you to continue taking real action, so that you can proudly, boldly, call yourself an abolitionist and know that it's true. Listen, I have a quick word from one of our sponsors today, and after that, I have some very big news about the impeachment of Donald Trump. Today's episode of The Breakdown is brought to you by Circle. Circle is the award-winning way to manage your family's online time across all of their connected devices inside and outside of your home. With Circle, parents can filter what content is allowed, they can set limits for screen time, they can monitor history and usage, and even reward your kids for good behavior. Listen, Circle has been getting rave reviews from the Chicago Tribune, People, the Wall Street Journal, USA Today, and more. Listen, I know all of you, all of you parents would do anything for your kids. Do something easy that'll keep your family on the right path and get Circle. Right now, our listeners get a limited time offer of $30 off of a Circle Home Plus system when you visit meetcircle.com break. And enter the code break at checkout. Again, get $30 off when you visit meatcircle.com slash break and enter break at checkout. That's meatcircle.com slash break and enter break to save thirty dollars. Now let's talk about the impeachment of Donald Trump. The break, the break, the break the the breakdown. I'm about to play a clip for you of the Judiciary Chairman Nadler approving the articles of impeachment. Let me play it. It's a 30-second clip that is going to sound super basic, but it's actually a deeply historic moment that just happened minutes ago. Mr. Chairman, there are 23 ayes and 17 no's. The article is agreed to. The resolution is amended is ordered reported favorably to the House. Members will have two days to submit views. The resolution will be reported as a single amendment in the nature of a substitute. Without objection, staff is authorized to make technical and conforming changes. Without objection, Mr. the committee Chairman, is adjourned. Mr. Chairman, pursuant... What purpose does the gentleman seek recognition? Pursuant to Clause 2L of Rule 11, I give notice of intent to file dissenting these. Notice is heard. Without objection, the committee is adjourned. And like that, the articles of impeachment have been approved by Congress. It's now my best guess... That unless they continue to work through the weekend, which is highly unlikely, that we are going to see the impeachment of Donald Trump in full next week and that he will obviously be impeached by the House of Representatives, making him only the third president in the history of the United States to be impeached. Of course, that means it will then go to the Senate for trial, Republicans fully control the senate in every way and unless something wild comes out uh, i doubt that they will uphold the impeachment and have trump removed from office but let me tell let me tell you the trick they're about to play republicans don't want a trial they can't have a trial because they know if they put literally if they put trump on the stand If they put any of his administration on the stand, if they put all the people who refused to testify before the House illegally ignoring the subpoenas, if they put them on the stand, Rudy Giuliani on the stand, others, um, they know that it will reveal that not only was there a quid pro quo with Ukraine, but that they are deeply dishonest people. Trump, who has now told, according to the Washington Post lie tracker, nearly 15,000 lies, I can hardly fathom, just since he's been in office. He is literally the most dishonest person ever measured. And, uh, and many experts, historians believe Trump may very well be the m- most dishonest public figure in the history of the world. That's how fundamentally dishonest he is. And so he can't testify. He couldn't get through an hour of hard questions because uh, they know that it would be deeply problematic. And so the articles of impeachment have been approved. It will go to a full vote before the House, probably early next week. I don't think it'll happen today or tomorrow or over the weekend. Uh, It's probably going to happen next week. And my guess is that almost every Democrat will vote for impeachment. And I believe every Republican will vote against it. Break it down. down. Listen, I've got to run. I do want to tell you quickly that we are working behind the scenes on so many cool things. A brand new website for the North Star, a brand new iPhone app, a brand new Android app. My wife, Ray, and I are working on a brand new podcast called Married to the Movement. We're working on multiple additional podcasts. Uh, We're working on a video news show as well. And we just have so many great things in the works. I want to take just a quick moment, of course, to thank all of you for your support of this podcast. Please, if you have not already done so, please leave a review. Please subscribe. Keep listening. Keep sharing. Our audience continues to grow, and we're so grateful for your support. And, of course, thank you so much to our associate producer, Lissandra, and our senior producer, Willis, for their hard work on this and every episode. Take care, everybody.